Welcome to the Audit 15 Fun Podcast. My goal of this podcast is to bring relevant internal audit topics to the table at least every 15 days. Today, we have an exciting panel discussion on key risk indicators, KRIs. And to talk about that topic, I have the honor to have as my guests, Lynn Tron. She's the current CAE at NTTA, Robert Berry, also known as That Audit Guy, and Marco Nuccini. He's a consultant and trainer on risk quantification. For the benefit of the audience, really quick here, the reason for this episode, I had a head of internal audit from the UK who reached out to me and he's interested in implementing KRIs in his audit practice. So with that question in mind, how would you go about doing that? What is the importance of KRIs? Lynn, I'll start with you. Well, I won't bore the audience with its textbook definition of KRI, but to me, in short, it's a metric that measures the likelihood and that an outcome, a certain outcome will occur, right? And so the reason why that's important, obviously, is all companies are measuring performance based upon KPIs or key performance indicators to see if you're, let, for example, have keep turnover down to a certain level below industry standards, et cetera, choose your metric, right? Um, but what some companies fail to measure is being proactive and looking at the drivers of those outcomes and measuring it at the driver level or the KRIs, the metrics that are going to be driving a certain outcome either favorably or unfavorably. So obviously it's important because if you want to avoid a certain outcome, a, a, a certain negative outcome or achieve a certain positive outcome, you want to measure it at the driver's level or the key risk indicators so that you can um, see when something triggers, a certain parameter is triggered triggered before it starts to lead into an outcome that you're trying to avoid or to know whether you're heading down the right outcome, right? Whether, um, what's the likelihood that you will be positively achieving a certain outcome. So the trick is uh, finding out what your key performance indicators are. And then from there, finding out what the drivers um, are that could lead you or are connected to those outcomes and measuring it at that level. So in short, that's my definition of KRIs and why it's important. Yeah, that's a good point, Lynn. And so I'll add to that definition, key risk indicators, obviously specific measurements or data points that provide you some insight into the likelihood and impact of potential risk. Now, oftentimes we focus on those data points that we can measure, but I think you should also trust your gut when it comes to risk too. So there's some way that you have to put in that gut measurement. But John, you know me and you know, I'm a very simple guy. I like to explain things in a very simplistic term. So let's just say you run a lemonade stand and one of the risks that you run is that you run out of lemons, which could impact your ability to sell or make lemonade. So a key risk indicator for you and your lemonade stand would be the number of lemons that you have on stock. And so by monitoring this key risk indicator regularly, you can proactively order more lemons before you run out. So to that extent, 
key risk indicators help you look at the things that might impact your business and make decisions. But the other thing with key risk indicators is that they can be leading or lagging. So like a leading indicator gives you a warning sign of a potential risk before it actually happens. And a lagging indicator lets you go in and do an assessment after some damage has occurred to really determine how it happened, what the impact was, and how you can prevent it from happening again. So when you think about your key risk indicators, they help you either A, monitor your activity so that you can make critical decisions, or B, take a look at the impact after something has happened so that you can try to prevent it from happening again. Okay, that's nice. Up. I'll try not to repeat this approach because there I have a very similar view. I have, as Rob and Liam explained, I also see two sides of this equation. One is the leading part, and the other is the lagging part. Key risk indicators are a, a kind of a window to reality. And I think internal auditing is, is actually a reality check on a broad scale, looking to the future. And the importance of this is that uh, if you want to be nimble to reality, but if you want to be nimble, if you want to implement uh, uh, continuous real-time or close to real-time auditing, you cannot make it without indicators. And when we mean leading lagging, I mean, you gotta, you gotta bridge them because you, you can measure exposure to risk, which is the lagging part of it. You can say the VAR at 95% confidence is such and such, or you can say, well, uh, past losses amounts uh, up to certain value, like $1 million. So that's a risk measure, of course, is an indicator. But if you don't bridge it, if you don't do a reverse engineering with the leading indicators, you, uh, you end up having only simulated information because you cannot predict the future. In order, when you measure exposure to risk, you're measuring the future. So it's not accurate or not even valid as a number. You have to look at the whole 3D space of risk to really understand it. So what, what, what I think what we are saying is you've you got to go to do a reverse engineering from the risk and find the leading drivers. And that's going to change your game as an internal auditor because then you, you can probe reality better. So... I would argue that one man's leading indicator is another man's lagging indicator. The best example I have uh, of that is when I was working in the oil and gas industry, we were dealing with um, safety obviously was extremely important, right? When you're working out in the drilling rigs, there's possibilities for um, injuries, death, explosions on the drilling rig. So safety was um, probably the top KPI and KRI that my previous companies were, were focused on. And so we talked about the pyramid of death. Um, and at the top of that pyramid was, was the first death that you experienced as a company, you know, with your employees. And at the bottom of the pyramid were the near misses, right? Nothing's happened yet, but, but 
there was an incident that was experienced, no injuries, but that could have resulted in injury because somebody wasn't following policy procedures. So that's called a near miss. And in between, as you go up that pyramid, you know, based upon statistics that have been gathered by OSHA for decades and decades for multiple manufacturing companies, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of manufacturing companies, mining industries, extractive industries, oil and gas, because they're required to report these things in the U.S., they have been able to, based on statistical history, a certain number of near misses will ultimately, inevitably, statistically lead to your first uh, minor injury. And then a certain number of minor injuries moving up that pyramid will lead to your very first serious injury. And then after so many serious injuries that you experience in a year, guess what? You'll experience your first death. And that will move and range over years, you know, but um, you, you can almost predict it based upon so much millions of data points that have been gathered over decades. The important thing is if you have the data, you need to measure at the lowest bottom of the period that you can. So measure at the near misses before you even get to that first minor injury so that you, you know, hopefully will stay as far away from the top of the pyramid, which is death. So leading, lagging, it depends. One man's leading is another man's lagging. Yeah. So now, John, I have a question for you because you said this entire episode came about because a chief audit executive said to you that he or she wanted to implement key risk indicators. Now, what exactly does that mean? Does that mean that they're trying to implement some for their internal auditing department or that they're trying to help the organization implement some? Because those are two different implications that I think are very important to make a distinction between. My understanding is that is within the internal audit department. So now that in, that is interesting because that begs the question: What kind of th what kinds of things would internal auditors need to view from a risk perspective in order to build out some key risk indicators? And so, with that in mind, I kind of gave it some thought, but this would be a process that would take years to build out because I think you would start process at a time. So, for example, if you had an IT audit shop up under you, you'd look at maybe cybersecurity incidents that your company is experiencing. I worked in higher education for a very long time as a chief auditor, and I can tell you that universities have hacking attempts every minute, every second, every hour. And then occasionally you see spikes. Occasionally you see spikes from specific countries or specific regions within the U.S. So I think something like that would be a good key risk indicator for an audit department as far as their IT and cyber audit activities. But yeah, there, there are a lot of possibilities for an internal auditing shop. Uh, Lynn, Marco, any thoughts you guys have as far as what kind of KRIs an audit shop would not have? Let me comment that because I was thinking the same thing, right? I, when I heard the question, I had this doubt, but I figured out that... that and I have such a strong opinion on that, that I kind of went straight to the definition that we're talking about company KRIs from the perspective of internal audit. Okay. And I, I, I don't see too much value added to have KRIs for internal audit because uh, it, it, it is the position that internal audit has is to monitor the company's care, right? If you don't do this well, then you're failing. But to measure how much you're failing is very 
It's very difficult, like Rob said, very complicated. And a lot of it adds value. Uh, if I was uh, CA, CAE, I would first make sure that I monitor KIRIs at the leading and lagging uh, perspective. I think that's where you add value. And, and then if, if something goes amiss, some, something goes bad, like in Silicon Valley, I don't know, some like Boeing, I would say, why didn't we see it? Where we were, uh, where, when this happened? And uh, that's the KRI, but I don't know if, if it's good to measure that because it's so obvious that you failed as an internal audit. So, so I'd like to jump on the, the back of those two conversations. I tend to agree that in, in internal audits position, roles and responsibilities, um, it gets kind of sticky in, in terms of using KRIs um, in, in our you know, function. I think our role is more, at, depending upon the maturity level of, of your organization and your management team, where you're, where you're working at or supporting um, in terms of, you know, the internal audit function, it's, it's really to look at the governance of those organizations and identify whether the organization is mature enough to have KPIs. And if they have KPIs, are they looking at KRIs? And, you know, are they le leading versus lagging? Are they measuring the right things? You know, is it lined up to their strategic priorities or what they're showing to the board in terms of KPIs and KRIs are um, not li aligned with mission, values, you know, their strategic priorities, et cetera. Um, making sure that the, the process by which they collect the data in order to, pre to, to present or report on KRIs, KPIs, are complete and accurate. So I, I think there's a really great opportunity for internal audit to play a consultative role. And um, I, I see less of it in an actual audit un unless their KRIs are being, you know, uh, manipulated or they're just outright inaccurate in, in terms of the process of data gathering. But putting that aside, what I see more is that either companies are not very robust in their KPIs and KRIs, and so we can play a more consultative role and say that, you know, your KRIs need to be more, um, you know, leading, et, et cetera, or they need to be aligned with um, your strategic priorities or your, your process for gathering data um, could, could potentially be rife with, with errors, et cetera. So I see more of our role in that way. All right. So let me jump back in here because you guys got ahead of me. So I agree with you both. I don't think audit needs KRIs, but I wanted to make sure what the question was so that we answered the person's question. But now with that said, let's do a role reversal. So now I'm going to talk about the KRIs and where I think audit's role should be. And it's similar to what you just said, Lynn. What I found is outside of financial services, most companies do not have a robust enterprise risk management function. They just don't. I spent several years in banking and I've seen what I think is some of the best enterprise risk management functions to exist. I've worked in other industries as well, and they've ranged from non-existent to lackluster. So what I think an audit department's role should be is to first educate an organization. Here's what enterprise risk management is. Here's what key risk indicators mean, what they are and how they can be beneficial. 
and then help the organization build a methodology. Most organizations don't have a chief risk officer. And those who do ERM outside of banking typically shovel it right up under audit or compliance. So you don't even have it represented at that C level. So I think those are your big primary issues with using key risk indicators. The reason I feel that way, though, is I believe that if done that way from the top of the house, anything that an internal audit department does will dovetail right into the organization's entire enterprise risk management process. It still will be hard because, like Marco said, eh, we're kind of like just doing damage assessment after the stuff has already occurred. Now, there are a few things that we could do as leading indicators, but I think those only exist around things like cybersecurity or things like things that management should already be monitoring, right? So why would we duplicate that? But, but here's what I'm wondering. Just in case the original question was for an audit department, I wonder if Lynn and Marco, if you could just throw something out there some possible indicators. I could only think of one, you know, like I said, so, but. So the one time that I, as in my role as a CAE, started talking about internal audit data that could help be a leading indicator um, is if you've been at, an, um, at a company long enough where you have at least three years worth of audits, um, then you can start to identify trends, right? If, if you've got, you can even do it in Excel, although you have a database or some sort of GRC software, it, be, it would be better. But if you start tracking the nature of your findings across the organization or even trends that you're seeing within a certain department, and there could be some trends there, right? Like um, you're seeing across the board with every audit you do, whether it's ABC function or XYZ department, there's a um, lack of management monitoring controls. So they're relying upon internal audit to be the second and third line of defense. And so when you start to see those trends, I've actually presented to the board, I'm seeing these trends across the last three years worth of audits. And that's a quote unquote leading indicator that maybe our governance is not as strong across the board. Or maybe you're picking on one particular function that's having these suffering these trends, but the other departments are are doing well, so they're an outlier, right? So if by the fourth audit you've done in IT, they have the same types of deficiencies, you know, no, management is not monitoring day to day transactions, then that's obviously an indicator that governance is lacking. I'll yeah. say really oh. quick, I agree oh. with the comment from from Rob that. Most organizations don't have a good enterprise risk management function. I know, Marco, you have experience outside of the financial services industry in aviation. So I'll, I'll let you chime in here with your thoughts. I don't think it's a second line or, or, or third line kind of thing. I think it's a, a management problem. If you don't measure risk and you don't have good ERM, uh, can fix many, many ways that go beyond the third, the three lines. Okay. In my opinion, they can be more blurred. I don't see any problem, but I agree with Rob that it's, it's outside of banking. I have also experience with banking. It's pretty lousy. Mainly KRIs are, are terrible. People make all kinds of confusions or can't, can even classify them in a, in a straight way. 
I think the big gap is really strategic, not operational. It's, it's how we measure the chance of su success to achieve goals. It's the main, the main gap. And I don't think implementation is, I think quality should educate people to implement things. So I think the KRI is for, for the internal audit department, the main KRI is, is education. So everybody who works with risk decisions and risk analysis should be properly educated. I would measure that because that's, I, I think that's uh, a role for internal auditing. And the second line, if there is one, that you can manage. If people are, I mean, gather all the analysts and specialists that work with risk in the company, and there are much more than only the risk specialists in the risk department. Measure training, measure qualifications. Can they assess risk and measure it? Now, I want to go back to something that Lynn said uh, about what to measure within an audit department. And I'll tell you, this is the heartburn that I have with anyone, not with you, Lynn, sorry, with us possibly calling what we would measure as key risk indicators. When you look at key risk indicators, that infers that you are using some sort of metrics that you're reviewing on a regular and consistent basis. So the stuff that Lynn said is stuff that we should be measuring. When we have audit issues, we should, we should uh, categorize them by theme and then look at the themes across the organization and report that. The one difference between that and true KRI reporting is we typically only report those when we have a problem, right? You know, we have a problem in the accounts payable department because they have so many different issues. And so I do think that we should be reporting on certain things, for example, for internal auditing departments, themes within the issues that you have. That is 100% one thing that's important. Our own budget, we should be reporting what it is and where we're allocating and spending our time. If you are also responsible for the whistleblower hotline, what are the nature of the complaints that are coming in? What departments or areas are they coming from? What is the frequency of those complaints? Because that will let you know where some of your problems are. In my role as a chief audit executive for several different organizations, I was responsible for the hotline in every organization. And oh my God, I saw a lot of stuff I did not want to see. If you saw a bunch of complaints coming from one area, you, get, you can best believe where there's smoke, there's fire. But the difference is KRIs are meant to be reported on a regular and consistent basis. And oftentimes we only bring these things up when we need to, to management. I mean, can you imagine reporting on all these things if there's nothing really to report? They get tired of seeing our faces. So I do think there are things that audit departments can measure. I just, I don't think that they're necessarily under the guise of true ERM, if that makes sense. I agree with the reporting part, but I also think that KRIs in a agile and enabled organization could be coming from data analytics and, and with risk tolerances or criteria and limits and so on. And they should be dumped on your lap. I mean, so this, this is, this, I mean, it's red flag. Well, that, that's what's not happening. In, in many disasters that we've been uh, witnessing along uh, the years, uh, not completely oblivious to problems that are not run of the mill. Thank you all. A lot of good thoughts here. Leading versus lagging indicators. It's more of a business function versus internal audit. Like Lynn pointed out, internal audit 
look back in the last three years, what are the common themes that come up? What can you, what can you report? And like Marco just mentioned, you know, it can be driven by data analytics as well. So really do appreciate you all being on the podcast. Thank you.